I do not just have the burning desire that I had earlier this morning as I preached. But I do want to say a few words. Uh, I'm not going to worry you patient, but I told you before I'm in no hurry. Uh, they've got a saying over there in Belize, uh, you can sing as, you long, as long as you want to, but I'm going to preach as long as I want to. So uh, it tends to work for them. I'm not going to hold you hostage. Uh, but I, I, I do want to say a few things this morning. I had a thought earlier in the week. Uh, let me back up. Do, I, I'd like the young people this morning to do me a favor, and I want you to come to the front of the church and sit in the front seats this morning. If you would do that for me, if you consider yourself a young person, all that can and will, I'd like to see you come to the front. Uh, maybe you're young in heart. Uh, young people. Young people. If you haven't noticed, church, we're blessed. Uh, we are very blessed. And uh, God is working in our church, and he's been working in our church, but we have a lot of work to do. And earlier this week, I had a thought and was studying it out, and about 9 o'clock last night, the Lord changed gears. Uh, he changed the thought that he had laid on my heart. Uh, and I want to say, uh, I'm not going to linger on it, but for those that may have not have heard, uh, I have been praying for something for some time, uh, that God would work and that God would work it out. And ultimately God answered that prayer Wednesday. And, uh, I was just saying Sunday morning here, how that, uh, when we lay something at the feet of Jesus, that we need to be willing to lay it and let it go. And as the old saying would go, just out of the clear blue sky, the phone rang Wednesday, and I had no anticipation of it. But that's how God works. God is always on time. And this week, uh, last night as I was sitting there and preparing, and like I said, God the Lord changed gears on my thought, and I, 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 this may be the shortest sermon I, I may have ever preached, but I feel the need to read a few verses of text that the Lord gave me, and I still feel the need to share them with you. There was a thought that someone said to me this week that has stuck with me all week in the sense that if you've seen your neighbor's house on fire, would you not go warn them and tell them, hey, your house is on fire, you need to get out. And would you not do everything that you could to help rescue them, to help warn them? And this morning as I was, uh, or last night and through this week as I was thinking about those things, I actually thought about a man that I went to church with at Hilltop. He was a deacon. And many years ago, his neighbor's house caught on fire. They were elderly people. His name was Brother Danny. And his house, their house was on fire. They were handicapped in wheelchairs. And he made his way into the home. And uh, as he was dragging them to the door, uh, he come and, and suffocated. And, and he ended up dying. And all of them, uh, unfortunately, burned up in the fire. And you may say that's unfortunate. And it is unfortunate. But that was God's way. 
uh, that was uh, the way that the Lord would have him go. And I thought about that scripture, uh, no greater friend than a man lay down his life for his friend. And Brother Danny was willing to give his life as he entered that home that was on fire. He was willing to run into that burning building to rescue them and to help them. And my friend, this morning, I pray that that is all of our hearts this morning, that we're willing to run into the burning building to warn those that might be lost that there's still an opportunity today to be saved. There's still time today to be saved. He's been good to us, and he's showed us and magnified his power here this morning and showed us what he's able to do through the Spirit. But my friend, this morning, that's only a small piece of what God is able to do. God is able to do all things. And my friend, I pray that we get that through our mind this morning, that God can come in and truly clean off our altars. He can truly save every lost person here. Uh, we can take that home to our homes and our friends and our neighbors and the word and what's happening here at Fairview Memorial can spread throughout this community. Let us not limit God in what he's able to do. I want to share just a few verses of scripture this morning that was on my heart. And you here that may be lost, and even those of you that might be saved. <coughs> in Philippians, in the third chapter, the Apostle Paul here speaking, and I want to read here uh, in the ninth verse. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me back up here to the eighth verse. He said, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, excuse me, of Christ Jesus my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but none, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but which is through the faith of, of Christ, and the righteousness is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. And I want to stop there for just a moment, and my thought. Uh, and like I said, I'll try not to be too lengthy. And if nothing else, I needed to share uh, just this verse of Scripture this morning. But I want to talk to you just a moment about the power of his resurrection. And my friend, this morning, aren't you thankful uh, that we serve a living God? And my friend, that he is alive today. The Bible says that he ever maketh intercession for us. And he is alive. And I know that the, the Apostle Paul was writing this letter, and he was a saved man. He had experienced God. He had experienced his goodness. My friend, not only uh, did he know about the resurrected Christ, for he had heard his voice. He had seen a light. But my friend, he was talking about wanting to know more of the power of his resurrection. And this morning, there's power in his resurrected body. There's power in a living Savior this morning. And I want you to know just a little bit about that. He said, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Now, the apostle Paul over in the Corinthian letter, he talks about I die daily. He talks about every day. He said, I die daily. Now, he was talking about some of the things that he had went through in the ministry. 
He was talking about some of the things that had come upon him. But not only do I believe that he was talking about the, the positions that he put himself in daily, but he was talking about that he must crucify this flesh daily, that he had to be willing to lay aside every care, every weight, everything, every day. He must lay aside this flesh and be willing to serve God. Now, he said being made conformable unto his death. And I was thinking about being conformable unto his death. That means to be in likeness or to be similar. And we are each and every day to lay aside the cares and the weights of this life and to crucify our flesh and to die daily, to put aside the old man. This old man, he's been dead. He's gone. But this man on the outside, this sinful creature, I must be willing to lay him down. And I want you to know that uh, there come a time when uh, I was lost and separated from God that I had to be willing to let this old man, this man, die. I had to be willing. I wanted Jesus more than anything. I wanted to be saved more than anything. And he said, ultimately, in the 10th verse, he said that I may know him. And my friend, that's what John in the 17th chapter says. He said, for this is eternal life that you might know Jesus Christ, that you might know him. What is it this morning about the resurrection? Not only are we talking about the Lord Jesus as he went to the cross at Calvary, having nailed uh, to the cross uh, the sins of mankind, they was nailed to the cross. Not only did he lay his life down, but my friend, they took him and anointed him with oils and spices and they put the linens on his body and they placed him in the tomb and they sealed the tomb up. Uh, uh, not that uh, um, uh, they, were, they sealed the tomb up to, uh, to keep him from coming out. They, they didn't want nobody to be able to go in and mess with the body so they might be able to say that someone in had went in and stole him, you know, had taken the body. But my friend, all of those things couldn't hold him back. He said, I have the power to lay my life down, and he said, I have the power to take it up again. He told him over there, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he told uh, Lazarus' family. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. As he uh, made his way over there, I believe it's in the second chapter of John, uh, he, he said, uh, uh, I'll destroy this temple. And in three days, he said, let, let me just read that because I'm going to mess it up, ain't Second chapter of John. He said, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What signs shewest thou us, seeing thou doest these, these things? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. And then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and thou wilt rear it up in three days. But he spake of the temple of his body, when therefore he was risen from the dead, and his disciples remembered that he had said unto, unto them, and they believed the scripture and the, and the word which Jesus had said. They couldn't understand, nor could they comprehend exactly what he was talking about. He said, uh, you'll destroy this temple. And he said, I'll turn around and raise it again in three days. The apostle Paul makes a statement over here. He said in the, uh, in the first Corinthians, in the 15th chapter, he said, and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is vain also. My friend, without the resurrection, uh, the things that Jesus done on the cross at Calvary, 
my friend, they would be in vain. But yet because he lives, my friend, today he's alive. And because he lives, my friend, today, uh, we've got faith in him, knowing that he conquered it all. He conquered death. Listen, I want you to know and understand something today. As Brother Mike was talking about it this morning, and, and boy, I was just sitting back there smiling because that was what was on my heart. And I was thinking about there's a lot of people in the world today that want to go along with this uh, easy believism, if you will. Uh, I don't understand it. I want to go along with this, come up and repeat this prayer and you'll be all right. That's not how it worked for me. I don't believe that's how it happened for the Apostle Paul. Rather, I don't believe that's how anybody that's ever truly been slave has come to know and experience experimental knowledge. What it is to know what it is to be slave. My friend, it's heartfelt. And it comes through seeking the Lord. And Brother David, I, I don't want to point you out, but bless your heart, you keep seeking till you know. Each and every lost person here, you keep seeking that you know. That's what Paul said, that I may know him. I'm still learning about him. But I know in my heart that he's real. I know that he lives. I know that I can feel his spirit. And I know when I close my eyes in death, that scripture Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I close my eyes in death and I draw my last breath, my friend, this body uh, will go to the ground, but the soul will take a flight. I'll be gone. Why? It's all possible through the resurrection because Jesus said, I'll lay it down and I'll take it up again. Not only did he atone for the sin of mankind there on the cross at Calvary, but my friend, he's a risen Savior today. When I was, I'm not going to read everything today. I want you to know and understand there's people in the world today that don't believe in the resurrection. They don't. You know what Jesus said about the resurrection? He said a lot of different things. I want to read to you this. He said in the fifth chapter, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the, to the Son of Man life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this. 
for the hour is coming in which all that are in graves shall hear the voice, and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can't of my own self do nothing as I hear. I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. For if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that heareth witness of me, and I knoweth that that which he witnesseth of me is true. And I want to stop there for a moment. When we think about Brother Mike made a statement this morning, uh, Jesus was just talking about, he said, there will be a resurrection of the just, those that's done good unto the resurrection, and a resurrection of the unjust unto damnation. My friend, you will not escape the resurrection of God. You won't escape it. Each and every person will give an account unto God. Every one of them. Me. I will. Every person will. You remember what it talks about over, I believe it's in the sixth chapter of Revelation. The Lord come back. They said that they would cry out for the rock to fall on them. They'd run and hide in days from the wrath of the Lamb. He said, who shall be able to stand? The Lamb of God, Jesus, came into this world as gentle as a little lamb. But my friend, when he returns, he'll be as fierce as the lion of the tribe of Judah. There will not be any pity. We talk about living in perilous times. We hear it all the time. The Lord can come back at any moment, at any time. I want you to know that even through death, you won't escape him. That each and every person will stand and give an account for the life that they've lived. Each and every person will stand and behold his glory. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. You say, preacher, <laughs> you ask me why I'm, I'm warning you. I'm not very good about running into houses burning. I hope I'd have enough bravery to do that. But I'm trying to warn you now. Set your houses on fire. And you need to be saved. I know there's a day coming. The Apostle Paul goes on through that 15th chapter. He talks about that we'll be changed from here to there in a twinkling of an eye. If you go over to Thessalonians, he talks about how that the dead shall be raised first. And then we'll be caught to meet him in the air. Those that remain. The power of his resurrection. You know, really what I take away from a lot of that is I can face tomorrow because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. 
Because he lives, all fear is gone. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Jesus is perfect love. This morning, I desire that you might be saved. If you're here and lost and you've never been saved, come seek the Lord. Because I can stand and tell you right now, from the description that the Bible tells me about hell, it is worse than you can even imagine. Where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not. Won't you come and seek God today? Come and experience the power of his resurrection. Have you experienced the power of his resurrection today? If you've been saved, if you've been bought by the blood of the Lamb, then you've experienced the power of his resurrection. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Come and seek God today. Find him precious to your soul. Know what it is when you leave this place to have a home in heaven. Come and seek God this morning and be saved to the uttermost. All that can and will, let's come and pray.